Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, hello to Buzzing About Romance um, and a quick shot of romance. It's me, Becky, and with me this time is Leah. Hi, Leah. Hi, Becky. So awkward. Anyway, um, <laughs> on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, we are reviewing From Ashes, Two Flames, book one of the West Brothers novel series by A.M. Hargrove. Right? right? Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> not all the notes were written on my paper. And so now it's and extra I forgot awkward. To, I forgot to add. I forgot to add that little part to the beginning of our notes. It's, it's okay. It's extra awkward. It's okay. It's, just, it's, it's on brand for us tonight. <laughs> it is. So the synopsis from Goodreads, she was the nanny. He was the boss. Most of the time he thought he worked for her. Dr. Graydon West had it all, or at least that's what everyone said. The broody single father of two was nothing like I'd imagined. He was my boss. I was the nanny. Hot-tempered and regimented, with spreadsheets for everything, he had me wondering why he'd ever had kids in the first place. The word fun did not exist in his vocabulary, and then one day I stumbled upon his secrets, the mystery behind his brusque behavior. I began to soften towards him and notice things I hadn't before. That was when those sexy dreams started waking me up at night. The lust that exploded within me was impossible to ignore in that kiss. I definitely should not have let that happen. Nothing good could result from that. If I wasn't careful, everything, including my heart, would go up in flames. And this book, um, you can find it in Kindle Unlimited. Yes. So release date was May 1st, 2018. This is a nanny, single dad, grumpy sunshine, contemporary, enemies to lovers, widow, slow burn, age gap romance. So there's a lot. There's a lot there. There, there was a lot. There was. <laughs> Um, it's a steam level about a three. Mm -hmm. And, um, I do think that we need to add the trigger warning. It does deal with death and cheating, but in references off page, it did not have anything to do with the two main characters. No, not at all. Um, well, it has to do with the two main characters, but it's, (sighs) but neither one of them are the cheating or the dying. Outside. Neither one of them dies. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Neither one of them dies. I'm just saying, in case you're wondering, <laughs> neither one of them died. Um, okay, so this story starts off with a bang. Um, mm-hmm. At the very, like from page one, my heart breaks uh, for Gray. Like, uh, he learns, like, almost immediately his wife is leaving on a business trip. He learns, he goes into the office. He's a cardiologist. He learns Mm -hmm. that his wife has been cheating on him for the last two years. Um, If not more. If not more. And um, he goes home to confront her. They have two small children together. And once he is home to confront her, he gets a call. His wife has died in a plane crash. Yeah. On the same day he learns that she's been cheating on him. Well, like yeah. he finds this out, like calls a divorce lawyer, like doesn't even waste time, like getting that like ball rolling and then goes home. And it's like, it, he doesn't need that. Yep. Doesn't need that. Um, and the man that she was on the business trip with, uh, is the man she'd been having the affair with for two years. Um, yes. so his, his wife is actually the one who tells Gray. 
Yeah. <clears throat> what so happened? super, super crazy town. Super crazy town. Um, super. <laughs> however, and I keep calling him West, but his name is Graydon West. Gray. Um, so we, uh, he, he quickly goes, though, from you feeling sorry for him to him um, pissing you off and ending up being a bit of a douche nugget. Um, not a bit. He was a giant douche nugget for a while. Like he, they talk about like when the book opens up, like he is this loving, involved father. Like he talks about like how he is the one that like takes care of everything. Like he is the one who, like, cause they have at the beginning, like their youngest is four months old. So he has basically done everything. Like he's the mom in this relationship and his wife like works a lot. He does too, but he is like, this mostly the sole caregiver for his kids, but then everything happens and he is, he is not that kind of dad anymore. Like he has done a complete 180 and kind yeah. of is like in this downward spiral of chaos. Well, yeah, he's very hands-off particularly with the, so it's a daughter and a son. The daughter is six and the little boy is, um, not even a year four six yeah. months old four months when his mother dies when this story starts he's 10 months old it's six months after the wife has died um and his mom has been helping him but his mom has had enough of yeah. him and his self-pity and feeling bad um about mm -hmm. the situation and he's very hands-off with the son because because of the length of time that the affair had been going on, he questions whether or not yes. he is the father of the little boy. And so, and, and he's very clear to state as you go through the book that trust and honesty are big for him. So if you mm -hmm. screw those up, he doesn't give second chances. It's kind of a one and done situation on, on, with those two things for him. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Mary. I mean, his <coughs> go ahead. Sorry. Like oh. His trust was really shaken because like he thought he was in this really happy relationship and like and it was not. Like she'd yeah. been lying to him forever. Well, but even in that relationship though, it seems that this was something that he had brought up with his wife previous mm -hmm. also. Like that was something going into the relationship because they met in college and stuff like that was that he uh you would tell me the truth we will always have you know you will you know not hide things from me if you break my trust mm -hmm. we won't be together um yeah. so let's talk about Marin a little bit so she is yeah. the love interest in this book and yes. and when we meet Marin, she is having a craptastic day like it's the worst day ever like you think okay gray's had a really bad day he learns his wife is cheating and then she dies and he's left a single dad and a widow. Yeah. Oh no. Marin's one upset. Yeah. So Marin is threatened at her job. Like basically that she had, cause she is a news reporter. So yeah, she has a this, journalist. Like she has this article she's supposed to write, but she found nothing that was suspected at this daycare that she was investigating. And so she's like, I cannot write this article. And her boss basically said, if you don't write this article, like you're like, you're done, or you could do, do something for me to 
to get away with it. Do me. You could do me. She's she's like, okay, I quit. So she quits her job and she goes home to her house that she shares with her boyfriend. To find her boyfriend having oral sex with her best friend. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So she packs her stuff up and moves homes with her parents. Now, there's already a little bit of agitation between her and her parents because her dad's a fairly successful lawyer. He always thought she would become a lawyer also. And they <laughs> she went had, to journalism school. And she went to journalism school. And yeah. so here she is living with her parents. She's tried to find another job, but she really can't. She was working previously for a prestigious magazine. She left without notice. She had no references. And she couldn't really say why she had left because she just, she couldn't. And um, so she She kind of goes on her own downward spiral of chaos. She gets piercing and tattoos and rainbow colored hair. And she ends up bartending. And her parents just feel like she is flushing her life away. So come to find out her mom and Gray's mom are best friends. Are best friends. best friends (laughs) and together they conspire that Marin is going to become gray's nanny because his mother is tired of him and his bullshit and taking care of the kids and wants to you know live her retired life so um the moms conspire together she is now the nanny and gray is not prepared for when Marin knocks on the door i don't think gray was prepared for anything but yeah (laughs) So Kinsley, the little girl who is adorable, answers the door and she's like, oh, there's a rainbow here. Right. I want flowers on my arm. Uh-huh. Um, I just love that. I So, and we'll get to the kids here in a little bit though. I do wish that Marin had been a little bit more snarky in the beginning too gray because he totally takes advantage of her being a live-in nanny like he just pretty much dumps the kids on her and walks away which is part of the reason you hate him yeah well i think part of it was like she she did get her footing and like started like really being like this i need this i need this i need this like if you can't give me this i quit but i think when she first started like she wasn't comfortable in that setting. So she almost wasn't sure what she needed to do. She didn't have the confidence to say, I can't do this. I need more from you. But she also, it was almost like she was waiting to feel him out to see what was happening. Cause she, I mean, it was probably, like three or four days that she had been at the house when she first laid into him about like not, or no, she even said something that first night, like how he came home and like just ignored everybody and went to his office. So I feel like she almost needed to like get her footing a little bit before she started like tearing into him. Yeah. Well, yes. And it it did play out realistic that way. She's just such a dynamic character. Like Mm -hmm. you just really like her and you realize that he is such a douche nugget that you're like, sweetie, just tell him there's an, there's a scene between the two of them 
where he makes a comment that she should start working out and that he has equipment in his basement. And she's like, hmm, okay. Totally ignores him. But then they have a, another interaction later on where she is downstairs getting ready to go on the treadmill and he tries yeah. to school her about interval training. And she's like, yeah, I've run 14 marathons. I ran in college. I ran in high school. I know what you're talking about. We used to call it speed training. Like totally just like, screw you, buddy. I could run a 5k with my eyes closed. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause she's like, just lays it out for him. Cause he, he almost mansplains this to her. And she's like, um, no, no, thank you. Well, and I, I was really proud of her. There's an interaction where, so he, the house that they're living in right now is the house that he was in with his wife. And he just, he needs to change things. He needs to get out of there. And he decides that he's selling his house and putting it on the market. And on a Saturday morning, he tells her, you need to be gone with the children from one to four. There's an open house. Now, she already had a day planned. Um, but the way he did it was really dickish. Like, Well, especially because she's like, she asked him, she's like, when did you find out about this? And he was like, Wednesday. So from Wednesday to Saturday morning, he did not find it necessary to share the information of, I need the house to be clean because of this. So she kind of loses it on him. Yeah. So she <laughs> takes the kids out for their junk food date and takes them to the zoo. She gets spit on by a llama. And um, when she Which comes back into disgusting. the house. Yeah. When she comes back to the house after she's been with these kids for like five hours away from home, they're tired. She's cranky. And he like says, okay, we're moving. And she's like, what the hell? What? And he's like, yeah, yeah. we're going to do it in 30 days too. And she's like, are you kidding? Um, so her confidence with him does build up the more you get into mm -hmm. the story. Um, well, and even, <laughs> oh, excuse me, even the move itself, like he, he sets up like these movers and all this stuff. And like when they are finally moving, like he doesn't do anything. Like he doesn't help. He like sets stuff up and is like, you need to take care of this. And so like, she actually leaves like, and he calls his mom and it's like, what's happening? And his mom like schools him. Cause she's like, who unpacked this room and who unpacked this room and who did this and who did this and who did this? And he's like, oh. It was like he was oblivious to the fact that Mar Marin, I keep calling her Marnie because of Kinsley, but Marin yes. like did all this work and he like he did nothing. Like he expected her to do it and just be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Early on, and he does redeem himself a little bit. There's some interactions with some of his staff in his office and he mm -hmm. kind of redeems himself because he does stick up for her, but that says he's slowly starting to realize he has feelings for her. Um, real yeah. quick, before we get to our three questions, I want to talk a little bit about Kinsley, which is the daughter who is, mm -hmm. um, six, seven, I guess she has her birthday. And then Aaron, mm -hmm. uh, the baby who in the midst of the book turns yeah, he, one years old. Yeah. Um, they were hilarious. I'd uh, love them. So I mean, Aaron Kinsley, doesn't do a ton because he's a baby, but there's some big stuff that happens within the storyline and the plot that evolve around him. And I just love a yeah. baby in a book. So 
Well, and Kinsley decides that Marin's name is not going, she's not going to call her Marin. She's going to call her Marnie. Like, so she's always Marnie. And she um, wants clicky, clicky clack shoes or clickety, clickety shoes. Clickety clack shoes. Clickety, clickety clack shoes. She wants to be an Irish dancer, I'm, which is hilarious. It took me almost till the end of the book to realize that this takes place outside New York City, up in like the Connecticut um upstate new yeah, york they don't really area. talk about it too like there's only like one instance where he talks about like going from because he went to harvard so talking about moving from boston back into manhattan and then they moved like up to where they are now are there yeah and the only reason you know that it's outside manhattan is because his brothers so he's one of two siblings and now the siblings have books so if you read this book one you're eventually going to need to read book two and three because you know Leah doesn't prepare you for the fact that it's actually like a series and you're going to have to read it. But it's it. only, it's only a three book series. And then a spinoff for some cousins, which well, anyway, Leah, you're welcome. You're yeah, welcome. I mean, I guess it's kind of some just dessert because I'm constantly giving you like, here's 10, here's 10 books in a series. Here's seven books in a series. I'm a good Here, friend. Like let's, that. let's read this seventh book, but you know that you you're going to read all, all six before that. Because... <laughs> okay. So let's I... get down to our questions. Okay. Um, did you like this book? Did you like this book? I did it. Okay. So a nanny trope is a huge favorite for me. Um, and I really enjoyed, enjoyed this and thought it was really well done. Um, mm -hmm. what about you? This is one of my favorite books by A.M. Hargrove. I've, I have not read her, this, the Cousins spinoff yet, um, but I've read most everything else that she has read. And this is one of my favorites for her. This was my first time reading her and I really enjoyed it. I liked her writing style. I like her character development. So I'm really excited to read some more by her. Um, okay. So who would typically like this book? Um, anybody who likes A Grumpy Sunshine. Um, because there's definitely grumpy, grumpy, and then yeah. sunshine. Um, it's an age gap. <laughs> so if you like those, but it's not a huge focus in the story, which I like. Like there's definitely yeah. the age gap, but it wasn't like she's too young for me or she's too this for me. Like, well, it was there, really, but it wasn't at the same and time. And really, she kind of pushes like, I'm not interested in him. He's old. He's old. You know, you get kind of that 20 <laughs> yeah. something look at like a settled man and think, no, not really my gig. Um, yeah. I agree. You you better like Grumpy Sunshine, Nanny Trope, or Single Dad. Um, so I do think, however, because the wife has passed and because of that trauma and angst in the book, this story does play out a little differently. It is not a typical nanny trope. Um, and I liked that there wasn't the typical push and pull of... Like, I shouldn't be attracted to him. He's the dad. Or, oh, she works for me. She's the nanny. I can't be attracted. There were, they're flirting, which is where you get the enemies to lovers. They didn't really flirt or have moments. It was more like tension and that kind yeah. of push and pull, um, yeah. which I thought was really just well done. And she totally was there for the kids and because she didn't want to disappoint her mother. Um, yeah. She was not there to be near him or please him, which is why I think she felt comfortable being like, dude, shut up. Um, yeah. 
Well, that's the thing. Like that was one thing I really liked about it is the nanny, like her being with the kids and her doing stuff with the kids and her making everything good for the kids. Like that was her main focus. Like she had apprehension going into this, like this job, cause she's never done something like that, but she went in full force. Like I am going to do whatever I can to make these kids happy and like to give them the love, like they need. Well, and she was really committed to the kids. Like this was mm-hmm. not a situation. Sometimes you read nanny trope books and you think, okay, she's a nanny. So there needs to be some kid interaction and kid in the story. And sometimes you it doesn't always play like kid. You do, in a nanny trip, you don't always get a lot of kids. And this one you did, you did see her as caregiver mm-hmm. to the children. Some of the push and pull that he was dealing with as being the widowed single dad and his hurt and his pain. Um, yeah. So, and, and, and because of that, in that respect, it didn't play out typical. Um, so would you recommend this book? Um, I have recommended this book. Um, I believe I recommended it to you. You were the one who recommended for this quick shot. So, um, and I too would recommend it. It's a really well done single dad and a nanny trope. It doesn't read like necessarily typical or anything else I had read recently. So, For that respect, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. So anyway, thanks everyone for joining us on this quick shot of romance. Until next time. Happy reading, everyone. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.